From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 528 for the week of November 29th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Mulatto-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. Coming up on Tuesday, Michael talks with author Jeff Barnes about the wisdom of Walt. And Mary Jo finishes up her day six drive through Long Beach. But right now, it's time for this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. I trust everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Mm hmm. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Yes. We've been diseased. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'll. Too much turkey. All I know is I was in the Midwest and I was wearing shorts, which I didn't expect to. Nice. So, nice. I was in the oh, Appalachian Mountains. And it's been freezing here. Yeah, it was it was 65, 68 degrees. So, yeah. Wow. Crazy. All right. So, coming up next weekend is the Dizavet Dizapalooza. I will be in Orlando and Michael will be in yes. Orlando. So, if you the are rest coming of us are to losers. that... If you are coming Speak to that for event, yourself. if you are coming to that event, be sure to stop us and say hello, please. And isn't it ironic that on Walt's birthday we will all be at Universal Studios? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I hope I hope there's a nice rendition of M I C K E Y while you're over there, though. Yeah. Well, I have a shirt that I bought that says "My Patronus is Mickey Mouse." That is so cool. I will wear it that day. <laughs> Did you get that at T, T- Fury? I haven't a clue. Or Teespring. <laughs> Teespring's the other big cool. one. Um, but we st- we still have we recruit pre recording some shows for you, so we will still have shows go up Tuesday. We haven't talked about or decided what we're going to do for uh, Sunday. I like I said, we will be three hours ahead. Well, Tony's always three hours ahead lately, but yeah, I know. So so we'll figure that out. Watch watch our Facebook page, and we'll we'll post and like, really we'll, this whole the whole reason you know, I'm three show. hours ahead is because I always wanted to host a late night show. So this is the closest I can get this, yeah, by recording <laughs> every time at 11 maybe, p.m. Okay. Eastern. Where where are you going to be on Sunday? We'll, we'll wait. We'll where am I? Let me late. think. Let me think. I know where I'm going to be somewhere, and I think it's the East Coast. Oh yes, are I'll be in, in New York. No, no, not the east. No, sorry, not the east coast. Sorry. Oh, I, I love in, Christmas in New York. I will be in Albany. Hopefully, oh, I make it. Okay, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no. Hopefully, uh, I've speaking of Chris, speaking of Christmas, um, I'm looking at the the park hours for Christmas, and they're doing what they have done the last few years with the extra magic hours and the magic morning hours at the parks, and they are having both parks have early entry for the week leading up to Christmas week or leading up to Christmas. <laughs> so both Disneyland Park and California Adventure are open an hour early. Nice. Um for for uh well for Disneyland Park for for uh, magic morning hours but um both parks for Edge Magic Hour for hotel guests. Not that I'm recommending you book a last minute trip to stay in the hotels but 
people plan their trips around, sometimes plan around extra magic hours. So it's just something to be aware of. Um, the other thing that's, that's interesting is we haven't seen this in a while, but the weekend between, uh, Christmas and New Year's, they're running the Pixar Play Parade twice. What? Which is very, I know, right? Which is very unusual for that parade. So. And it's a they are expecting crowds. But they aren't doing double fireworks like they did Thanksgiving oh, week, so. They're not. I thought, I, you know, I really thought that they would be. Right. Right, but as as far as I know, they are not. So, um, they're running all kinds of things on um, New Year's Eve night, but that's yeah, that's that's typical. Also coming up this weekend, coming weekend is Candlelight Processional. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody going? Marjo, you thinking about it? I am definitely thinking. I, I'm going to be in Disneyland on one either. I forget, I think it's Sun. One of those days, and I'm and, and really want to see what are the it? share the rumors. So they're talking about Gina Davis doing this on Saturday for the two shows and Lana Perea doing it on Sunday for the two shows. And if it's Lana Perea on Sunday, I won't be here to record. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I love Lana. She is the nicest person ever. And I got to meet her. So Okay, could someone fill those of us in who have no idea who this person is? She's on okay, Gina Davis was uh, in... No, no, Bill I know who Gina all- Davis is. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we have um, the I'm past old. and the present well, everybody represented. Knows Lana. So Lana Perea has been in several shows, but currently she is the evil queen in Once Upon a Time. Okay. A I should have figured from the squeal that it was referring to Once Upon a Time, because <laughs> that's the one show that Nancy always refers to. Yeah, that's what it is. I love oh, Lana. She's so nice. She and Ginny both are just The only so nice. show that I listen to or view is is uh, Michael's, Connecting with Walt. So <laughs> oh. Now, if Michael was doing Processional, I might squeal. <laughs> oh, I want to hear you I squeal, don't... Tony. No, only not until he does processional. Uh, hey guys, wouldn't it be but, cool if Michael did the candlelight processional? That would be neat. <laughs> but just remember, there it's no seating, hardly. It's all reserved for for Club Thirty Three members and special guests. So viewing candlelight is difficult at best, Mary Jo. Right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's. You're going to see part of it over a bunch of heads, and I'm five yeah. feet tall, so, you know. Don't don't make a special trip to the Disneyland Resort to see Candlelight. I agree. It's, it's for locals. It's Sorry. it's Well, not Sorry. only – it, and I wouldn't say it's for locals. It's for VIPs mm-hmm. and for those people who are local that want to sit there and wait forever on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to see the procession up Main Street, which is beautiful, but the ceremony or the, the – um, not ceremony, the – I don't want to say show, but the pr- the, pr- the experience, the 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 program itself is best seen by the people who are the VIPs that are going to be seated, and that's the way it's set up at Disneyland. Um, it's not a production like at Epcot, and it's just something special. So actually, Epcot feels like it's for VIPs only too. The way you have to line up to get a seat, no matter what. So unless you get a dining package yeah. like we did. Yeah, and then you still have to stand in line even if you get a dining package. So yeah. But everybody can get one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um all right, want to say hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to join us and uh, listen live, uh mixler.com M I X L R uh every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Pacific. 
join all our other friends. Uh, we have, what's today? <laughs> How many more shows do we have? Two more weeks? Two more weeks before we take a couple weeks off. So, again, we'll figure out what's going on next week. And then, we'll, of course, we'll be live on the 13th for our final show of the year. Um, Quick has gone by. I know, right? Yeah. Um, any other housekeeping? I have a few, sorry, but there's a <laughs> lot going on. Okay, go ahead, Marjorie. Um, I think Tony's going to be... Not ex- much, there's not much in news, so go ahead. Okay, well, I think Tony's going to like this especially. Um, I was driving by LAX yesterday and found out that there's a new In-N-Out that's been built. What? Um, it's not open yet, right? Where? So it's on Sepulveda, and if you go south on Sepulveda um, to where that Ralph's that I always tell people they can shop at, there's an In-N-Out right there. There used to be a Sizzler, but they tore down the Sizzler and they put an In-N-Out. It's not open yet, like I said, so, but it's already built. So there's literally going to be an In-N-Out like a block away from the other In-N-Out. Well, I actually measured the the okay. the, uh, the miles and the timing for both of them, so people have their <laughs> options now. This is important. No, so. that is. <laughs> it is. So no, I totally agree because that other In-N-Out is getting way too crowded. Well. It is, and this in and out has other things around it. So, the one that we always refer to is the one at Lincoln and Sepulveda. It's just under two miles, and it's an eight-minute drive. This in and out is south on Sepulveda, and it's two—it's a little bit under two and a half miles, and it's also an eight-minute drive because the traffic going south isn't as busy as the traffic going north on Sepulveda. It's not as congested. I'll now, wait a way. second. I just realized that. Wait, the Ralph Wait, now I'm getting confused about north and south, as Tom knows. Because the Ralphs you always tell people to go to, I was always thinking you were talking about the one in Westchester. You were talking about the one in no. El Segundo. Because there's, there's a Ralphs going the other way. I, would, I wouldn't direct people to that one. Really? Wow. So the one that Rare. I direct people to, only because the one that I do direct people to is a really good quality that I've gone to. And okay. it's close to the 105 freeway. So... It's not taking people um, out of, really out of the way. So um, if you go south or if you turn right on Sepulveda like you're going on the 105 freeway, you just mm-hmm. keep going until you get to a street called Mariposa, which is two miles away once you get there. So um, or less than two miles away once you get there. And then the in and outs on the right side and also Ralph's. There's also a Pollo Loco over there. Um, and some other little dining places, but I saw the in and out and I was like, I got to tell Tony about this. So, and well, it's funny that you have to tell me because <laughs> I literally now anywhere I'm going around the country, you guys have in and out. And I say, yeah, I don't get why everybody loves it so much. That's literally what I tell everyone. Well, I, um, I just think it's funny that you said are that. Here. No, I know. Well, because you and I are always, cause you're going to LAX a lot and you know that people like it, but, um, I picked up a couple of dizzers at the airport yesterday and one of them, when she saw the in and out, her eyes lit up and she told me that the best burger she has ever eaten at a fast food place has been, was the one at in and out. So here we go again. I did see another video on the official secret menu. Like it's secret, but the official, and there was a couple of things that I hadn't seen before. I got to find the link and give it to you, Tom, to put in the show notes, but there was a couple of things I hadn't seen before that I didn't know about. And I can't remember exactly what they were. Like all the animal style fries and all that. There was something called the Flying Dutchman, which of I've course I told that. my son and he goes, that's SpongeBob. And I said, yeah, I know. 
um, where it's basically just two patties with cheese and grilled onions. But oh no, I did find out. Never one of the differences. So you can get grilled onions on your burger. You can actually get grilled whole onions. Not like the entire sphere of the onion, but a entire sliced onion, if you will. Oh, wow. Just got to ask. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a new one on me. So. Yeah, apparently there's there's websites that give all these secret menus. I don't know what any of them are. My kids do because I rarely go to In-N-Out. But anyway, so there you go for that. I also wanted to remind everybody... Um, that the diamond sweepstakes are still going on at the Disneyland Resort. And that's where, um, you can text a, word the, the, the word of the day. Thanks, Tom. The word of the day, um, to the number and you can go online and get what it is. Um, and you can win weekly prizes or daily prizes. And the daily prize, you have to be there, but the weekly prize, you don't have to be there to get. So don't forget to, to, Play along in that. And then Star Wars Season of the Force, there's a fact sheet, which is a good reference sheet that you can print out and take with you so you know what to expect when you go there at what the what I call the Innovations Building and that whole Tomorrowland. So I sent the link to Tom if he couldn't. He might, in, he might if he's nice, include it mm-hmm. in the show notes today. Maybe. So, maybe. But um, those, that's basically what I wanted to share for housekeeping. Well, you know what? I have to add something. Now that I think about it. Just because, you know, we don't have a lot of news and everything related. I think we need to somehow do an actual test from LAX, like a race, like a little mini amazing race <laughs> for us, where we go to like both Ralph's and we go to both in and outs. No, no. And like, see which is closer without, you know, doing anything crazy. I just think it'd be fun. But I had, when I was on the bus to get back to the parking lot, parking lot C, which I luckily got right on the bus. So I didn't have to wait. Five and a half hours. Uh, there was a family. I could tell they were Canadian based on the accent. Eh? And uh, they were talking about getting to Disneyland. And it was right, Tom, as I literally was landing to go straight to do Season of the Force food. So just that. I just wanted you to remember. So you took them with you? No. Oh. But I was. it was interesting because they were saying how to get there. And I was trying to explain it to them. And it made me realize how important it is for you to listen to the podcast, people. Right. Because as I explained to them, going the 105 to the 605 mm. to the 91 to the 5, that is so much if you have no idea what that means. Right. And It's a lot. And it's a lot. And it made me realize, wow, they really should have planned before. And they were so laid back and nice about it. Like, oh, and I'm sure once we get around there, there'll be signs. And I'm thinking, not real. Like, I, no. could, I said, you know, I'm on a <laughs> podcast, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't. Like, so that's where I'm actually going right now. Um, but I said, but you could tell they were kind of, you know, lost in the Afraid. big city. And they, <laughs> no, but they didn't seem to think it would be an issue. And I just saw fights coming up in the near future. And so, again, Wait, just... Tony, once again, bringing peace to other families' lives. Well, I don't know. But he's like, oh, we'll figure it out. I went, okay. But you should have a little, like, he, you could tell he right. really had no plan whatsoever. And I'm thinking if they're coming from Canada, it's a pricey vacation. And just, just I, I felt, kind of felt bad for him. But I wasn't going to say, hey, follow me. Right. Last time I was in town, I was staying at the An- the Anaheim Majestic Garden Hotel, which promo uh, we're reviewing next week. Um, and there was a family talking to the front desk about getting to Universal Studios 
using public transportation oh. or the train or, and so I'm trying, you know, I of course piped in cause I, I've kind of done it and trying to explain to them how you would have to get to the Amtrak station and then take the train from Amtrak, from Anaheim to downtown LA, then get on the Metro to universe. It's just, you know, and these people were going that day and it was already mid late morning I'm like, yeah, plan ahead. Just Uber. You, you don't <laughs> at that point, you pay the price, the outrageous yeah. price to Uber yeah. and Uber. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that we don't, with Dreams Unlimited Travel, or us, or that's something that kind of needs, that, that's a service that's kind of missing. Where, okay, I'm going to Disneyland, but I need to do the other day six stuff. How do I get right. there? Right. Well, and like Universal Orlando offers that where it's a ticket from it's a ticket for the park that includes transportation from your Disney World resort. Mm-hmm. But the dreams dreams agents will tell you how to what to to use to get to where you're going. Rent a car. And there are well, I say rent a car, but there's yeah. some people who are really reticent about mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. And so Grayline does offer tours, but then you have your you have your trade-off. Karen, who's um, the Diz friend that I told you that's out here, she t- she actually did take the Metro from Disneyland to Union Station to Hollywood, and uh-huh. she did fine. Yeah. And, and it just takes a long time. To- yeah. yeah. But in other countries, you take that into consideration. We're yeah. used to having cars and getting from A to B, um, but sometimes... That's the price you pay when you want to either not pay the price of a taxi or, you know, Uber is less expensive, but still it is. But still, Whereas yeah. you can take the public transportation and it's going to be less. You do lose hours, though. So it's a trade-off. Especially this time of year. I don't think I would recommend it. But mm-hmm. but it, it it is doable. And especially for young people who don't have that kind of money, right. yeah. that's what they're going to do. Young people are going to do Uber. They love the Uber. Like how old I sound? The, the, the Uber. They love the Uber <laughs> with the phones and the buttons and then the Uber, the car comes and drives them to their bars and clubs <laughs> and theme parks. Nice. And Tony does have a point. Uber is, is hot amongst the younger crowd and they factor that into their dollar. Yeah. Okay. Lungs. I mean, we're old fogies. We're, you know, that's a new thing for us. Comparatively. <laughs> All right. Any other housekeeping? Oh, um, oh. remember last last Christmas? If you go back to last holiday season show, we talked about the horse and buggy carriages. Okay. At Disneyland, at Downtown Disney, you could um, they picked up like right near the AMC, and then they drove you around. Well, they're back. Twenty five dollars. Get your ride. Mary Jo knows more. So <laughs> <laughs> why did you bring it up? Because I remembered it. Okay. Are you talking? And about I think Mary Jo doesn't want to be a rapid yeah. fire hog, but it was on the yeah. Disneyland today. Um, well, I was thinking that it was the, going to be a rapid fire instead of housekeeping. That's why I didn't yeah. bring it up. Well, but we. But Mary Jo had a lot of other housekeeping. Stuff. So don't try putting it back in the box, Mary Jo. Just finish <laughs> yeah. it yeah, off. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought I was. I actually, I want Nancy to do her rapid fire first, so I know which of mine I can pick to do. <laughs> I'll make sure that happens. So what's yeah, with this? So where, do, where, do, where does this horse 
this alleged horse go and not back in the barn. Nobody where knows. does it go? Because I, I think none of us knew where it went last year either. <laughs> I they wouldn't even answer my question when I asked. Year. Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it before. I remember seeing him and going, oh, that's really cool. And then Disneyland Today posted up on their thing, on their social media today, or yesterday, or something like yeah. that, that it was back. Huh. Right. Weird. They, they posted it as back. They posted it as $25 for up to four people. But everybody who's asked for the route or the route and how long the ride is are still waiting for an answer back. Uh-huh. So is it I'm, just I'm to the end of the lane? Be, it, you know, it could be from Disneyland Hotel to the Paradise Pier Hotel. Right. At a, around well, you know, little hub where do they go? Because yeah. where they where they take off from, where they parked it last year was right outside the AMC in the old Apricot Lane building. Yeah. And it's like, well, how do they get out of there? Yeah, how do, how do they get out of there without trampling on anybody? Right. How do they get so. out of there without having the horse do what the horses like to do in the middle of the downtown, middle of Disney? downtown Disney? That's kind of what I'm more interested in. I think that's another seasonal job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, goodness. All right. Michael, you have housekeeping? I do. First okay. of all, Carol and I saw the good dinosaur. Over this holiday oh, weekend. Oh, how was it? Yeah, first of all, the backgrounds are quite amazing. I They look like... Remember that film years and years ago, Dinosaur, where they filmed real mm-hmm. backgrounds and then put in their dinosaurs? Uh, the, it looks like yeah. that's what they've done. This is now so... The, the, the animation for that is so accurate. It's breathtaking. Then they have these cartoon dinosaurs... In there that don't, in my opinion, they don't quite fit in to this realistic background. But they had to have done that so they'd have cutesy dinosaurs that they could market to the young children rather than realistic dinosaurs. But um, it's good. It's a good story. I don't know how repeatable it's going to be for people to go back like they do Toy Story and Cars. Um, But... For sensitive viewers, I would say, you know, young sensitive viewers, you might want to just counsel them that there is a loss of a parent. There is, and, and it's a it's dramatic a movie. Yeah. And it's a dramatic loss <laughs> of a parent. Then uh, a, a youngster is separated from his family and goes on a long trek back. He's in peril almost the whole way. Um, he meets up with uh, a friend, you know, spot. The interesting thing is, is that, you know, the humans are, are basically the dogs in, in this film. And, um, and, and even then there, there's loss of a family on, uh, in the human side of it. Um, fam, there is a reunification of family groups, but it means the separation of two friends. So there, it, overall, there's, there's wonderful messages about overcoming your fears, facing up to them, finding courage from within, um, supporting each other, you know, in families and in friendship and tr- having trust. But, um, there, there's, there's some, uh, very o- older child and adult themes in here. Adult meaning that the, the kids could be very upset by some of the things that go on in this film. So if you have a really sensitive child, and I would say very young children, you might just want to wait till this comes out on DVD and hang on to it until they're maybe a little older 
and then watch it with them. So, um, but Carol cried throughout most of it. So if that's any indication, really? <laughs> yeah, but, oh, um, God, but it, that means I'm doomed. Yeah, it's it's well worth seeing, but just with that note of caution, you know, about there. If you have a, because I've seen, I've had a couple listeners write that they they have a, a child that was upset by um, the, the what went on in in um, oh, what was the last one, um, In and Out. What was the last um, Pixar? Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah, Inside Out. And and that, that they're. That, you know, their children were, were sort of upset by some of the events in there. And I said, then you really, you really want to prepare them for the good dinosaur. So, um, before you go. Anyway, so that's it. But definitely, I enjoyed it. A good, good film. But, um, anyway, also, you might remember last week, I talked about the Van Eaton Disneyland and exhibition and auction, and I had selected yeah. items for you. Well, I, I want to compliment you on how well you all bid on your items. You got some good deals. So, uh, memorabilia from Disneyland, including the ride vehicles, employees' uniforms, and vintage popcorn buckets, uh, they raised more than $1.7 million at the auction. And oh. about 650 people registered to bid online by phone or in person on more than 800 Disneyland items. Uh, most of the items came from three collectors who had acquired all, all these collectibles from Disney special sales, former employees and other collectors. Some of the higher priced items included an original Rocket to the Moon attraction poster that hung in Disneyland in 1956, and that sold for $28,750. Better not wow. spill any coffee on that. Um, an animatronic head that was specific to Tokyo Disneyland sold for $57,000. And Tom, the item oh. I picked for you, right. the, the park bench on towns that was on Town the, Square, Disneyland's Main Street, USA. That Walt may or may not have sat on. That's correct. Sold, it, it sold for $27,500. So I hope you enjoyed that bench. You yes, yes, yes. But with the premium it fees. Will, it will be under my tree. Yes. The premium fees and shipping and all that brought it to a total of $31,600. Nice bench. Yes. So, um, anyway, so now I have all your, everything that all your items went for. Ultimately, um, now this was, these are the prices before any fees or shipping or anything like that's been added to them. So for mine, you know, I talked about Walt's signature. That was the Walt Disney signed check mm -hmm. that was framed. And it originally, they expected it to go three, to 3,000 to 3,500. I don't know if this was a typo or what in the sheet I saw, but they were, Oh, you know what? I looked at the wrong thing. Okay, I've got to get back to you on that one. I realized I just looked at the number, and it was the wrong number that I looked at. So let me go in. It went for $3,000, that one. So they didn't quite get their top bid. Tony, you were not here, but for you, I chose a Westcott theme park picket sign. And oh, it said, nice. save... Yeah, it said, Save Anaheim Neighborhood, Stop Disney Greed. And I thought that was perfect for you. That um, is. And that, w that went, it was, they thought it'd go for two to $400. It went for $475. I could have technically afforded that thing. 
you, you can emulate John it. Stamos and put that in your front yard, Tony. Yeah, I know. And then people think, well, <laughs> you live in Long Beach. Why are you worried about Anaheim greed? But I mean, Anaheim, Disney greed. But then, then there would be a news report that they're going to build a theme park in Long Beach because of my placard in my. I think you should just take it to Disneyland on your next visit and walk around. I think so. But anyway, so Mary Jo, your Disneyland tour guide costume. Yes. Uh, they mm-hmm. thought it would go between 700 and 1000. It went only for 700. So I was also glad nobody outbid me. <laughs> so um and Nancy, your blue bayou cup and saucer, that went yes. for $200 That's and then they thought they would Very get 100 affordable. to $200. And your and how blue about bayou my large Plate. They thought it'd be one hundred to two hundred dollars. That went for one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Nice. So on the higher yes. end, that, that, that yeah, works. Yeah. So, so all in all, you all did well. So, although I don't know about that bench, but otherwise, great, great job, you guys. We'll look forward mm-hmm. to the next um, go round. And what about your item, Michael? Oh, it went for three thousand dollars. So the Walt signature. So. Did they see the, the what was it, the people mover? Yeah, I saw that. For 471000 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that nuts? Yeah, that is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that stuff always goes through stuff I remember like that. at one point they were selling, this was a while ago, I think it was that the mouse surplus or something like that was selling um, Space Mountain vehicles, and they were going way, 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 way less than that. Mm-hmm. They were only going for a couple thousand or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but Space Mountain is still around and People Mover. Yeah, true. That, that's, you, you, it sits a lot more. Original Dumbo vehicles, though, went for godforsaken amounts. So yeah. I remember being at a convention once and talking to the kid whose parents bought one to hang from the ceiling and they're, you know, oh, uberly high. Dude. Uberly high. And they had, they were planning on putting a ladder up to it. Oh, man. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Alright, thank you, Michael. Any other housekeeping? Okay. Um, don't forget, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. And of course, anything, links to anything we talk about, you'll find at www.disunplug.com. Um, alright, let's go over to Tony with the limited news. Yeah, the limited news. This is a stretch and it's hard for me. I do have a relationship with the San Diego Chargers, so this is somewhat a weird story for me to read. But, however, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger will lend his credibility and expertise (laughs) as leader of Disney to an effort to bring the San Diego Chargers and Oakland Raiders to the Los Angeles area. Boo. Boo for me. Okay. So, it's in um, your backyard, right? Yeah. Um, it's right. It's yeah. around the corner from my house. Yeah. yeah. So, Iger is going to become the chairman of the stadium project. Is that Bob Iger Carson? lives around the corner from your house. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to know the that stadium next... that he wants to. Well, he doesn't want to build it. He, they want the, I can, because I, I know all this because this is my life right now. When I'm tra- if I'm not traveling, I'm listening to this stuff streaming. Uh, so Iger is going to become the chairman of the stadium project in Carson, California, proposed by the Chargers and Raiders that the teams announced in a news release recently. Iger's addition comes as representatives of the Chargers, Raiders, and Rams, who have all applied to move to L.A., are um, 
uh, efforts for a new stadium have recently met with NFL officials. So should the now remember that this doesn't mean he's already on the project. This means should the owners approve? The, okay, should the owners? Yeah, should the owners approve the move? Oops. Then he will be the chairman. If they don't approve the move, then he won't be the chairman. So um, to give a little background on it, there's some that think the whole reason he's associated with this project is because the project is actually not doing well. And then some say, no, it's doing well. So some, okay, right before, it was right before the Chargers were to meet with um, the, the NFL owners were about to meet with the three contingencies, contingents from the, the three different cities that are not the owners themselves. Each city trying to say, here's our, here's how we're going to keep right. our teams. And right before that happened, Iger's name was attached. Again, he will only be the chairman as a visionary force and all that if that project is approved by the NFL owners. The idea and, is and, that if and if it's approved, he's going to have all the power, basically. Yeah, he's going to yes. direct the building of it, and if if they're if both if two teams are using it, he's going to figure out how all that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Um, it's interesting. I makes me a little bit happier, but um, the it's the idea is it really bolstered the Raiders Chargers combo um, in front of the eyes of the owners. Right. Uh, however, to be honest, there's um, for those people that don't know, there's the there's the Chargers and Raiders both trying to share a stadium in Carson for Mary Cho. And that's the project that Iger would chair, be in charge of, assuming that the, the NFL says, yeah, go ahead and move. Then there's a project in Inglewood, which Stan Kroenke, who has Walmart money, who isn't asking for any city money, just like, I'm going to build it. That's the other contingency. And they all want Los Angeles. And so coming up soon, you need 24 owners to approve it. And then, of course, the the, so, the existing cities are trying to keep keep the teams. Yes, they are. So you need twenty. So basically, people are jockeying to get enough owners to not support the other side. So the thinking is, Iger will be could push it over the top mm-hmm. for the one group. Right. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. There's talk that the decision might not even be till March. So, right. um, but now there's a Disney aspect to it and if there's two things that i don't think are the more diametrically diametrically Mm -hmm. opposed in my mind it's the raiders and disney (laughs) so i just find that very interesting that disney's jack sparrow is the new mascot on the helmet Uh, oh no yeah jack sparrow being the mascot that would that would calm down the raiders fans a lot like i would be okay with that but their contingency seems to be a little tougher but and 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 Iger is taking $1 per year on a 5-year contract for this cuz the idea is he would get some kind of ownership. Yeah, he he can buy in, but he says he says he's not going to buy in until after he steps down from Disney. Now, so. what's interesting about that being a diehard San Diego Chargers fan, mm-hmm. part of the reason Spanos has never wanted to move yet is he doesn't want to give up any part of his ownership. Right. So that would mean that the Raiders would have to be part of it. 
So who knows? Mm-hmm. Now, if, they, if, if, the, if the Raiders or Chargers were to move and they would be called the Disney something or others, <laughs> I'd be then I could live with it a little bit better. So, <laughs> anyways, there's your nice. Disney NFL. Nice. <laughs> Southern California. Yeah. Is. So the Chargers in the end zone. I can see the movies now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the talk is that if teams move, they'll be rebranded. So it'd be interesting to see if there'd be a Disney like the Ducks thing. Yeah, but, but I mean, no, it wouldn't be because it's, it's, it's not Disney. It's just him. It's not Disney. It's, it's just Iger. Him. Yeah. I mean, Dis- the Disney company gave him permission to to do this, but it's not Disney now. Mm-mm. Nope. All right. Thank you, Tony. Um, time for rapid fire. Since Mary Jo asked, we'll start with Nancy. Oh, bummer. Okay, Which one are you going to pick? <laughs> no, I have one that's completely and utterly different than yours. So there we go. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm not ready. Okay, Mary Jo. Then. You never call on me first. Well, Mary Jo asked me to. You talk about going down to the wire. I know. <laughs> okay, so uh, I have a couple ones. Well, shoot. I have more than... Okay. Um <laughs> Because I have more than one. So Disneyland Resort Artists for 2015. We have some resort artists coming out in December. And we have a link. We'll have a link in the show notes for them because there's more than I think you want me to read um, for everybody. But um, some of the ones that I really like are the. He's my favorite. One of my favorite artists. And back to Nancy. Andy Warhol. No, no, it's Jim Shore. (laughs) So this weekend, December 5th and 6th, Jim Shore is going to be there at the China Closet from um, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So just for a couple of hours to autograph his his, um, artwork. And then, of course, um, my other favorite, it's going to be Dave Avancino. He's going to be there on the 12th and 13th. Um, he's the one that has those custom letter plaques or the ticket booth plaques with your name in it. So it, these are unique gifts that you can get for somebody or you can buy for yourself. He'll be there in the Disneyana store from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then each week they have artists at the different Disneyana store, Wonderland, etc. to go to. So we'll have a link on our show notes. Be sure to go through them for the time that you're going to be going so that you could see them. And then the other uh, real quick rapid fire that I have is Alex and Annie uh, 2016 bangles are coming out. Those are those bangles that have the little disc hanging from them. And this the 2016 disc is going to be Sorcerer Mickey with the 2016 on it. So they have a silver one and a gold one that are really nice. And those will be at the different shops at the Disneyland Resort. Very cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. Michael. Well, it's the end of the month, and a new month is upon us, and it's time to look at the December events at the Walt Disney Family Museum. First of all, its holiday film is Lady and the Tramp. This is the first animated feature filmed in the Cinemascope widescreen film process. And do you know why they chose this as the Christmas film, Mouseketeers? Why? Lady was a Christmas gift? She was. And also because the film begins and ends at Christmas time. So, anyway. Oh, yep, yeah. you're right. And, and that whole scene that Nancy talked about 
was based on a a real scene out of Walt's life where he gave uh, Lillian a puppy for Christmas and he put it in a hat box wrapped in a ribbon. Aww. So when they were making the film, Walt remembered that, that, you know, that event. And so he had the animators put it into Lady and the Tramp. So, so anyway, so, uh, this film is free for members or with museum admission. And without museum admission, it's $7 general, $5 for youth. And you can check the calendar for screening dates and times. It's at 1.30 in the afternoon in the theater. They also have a second film screening. This is worth seeing, even though it's only about an hour long. Uh, if you have just been toying with the idea of going to the museum, go for this. It's Christmas with Walt, and Diane Disney Miller shares stories of Walt's life um, during the holidays. There, This is um, Scenes at Work and at Home with His Family. It's directed by Don Hahn, and it's not only is it a, a very sentimental look behind the scenes uh, of Walt's life, but it includes Disney family footage, um, which you normally never see. Um, and alongside um, beloved clips from Walt's television series. I've seen this, and it, it's really a sweet, sweet film. So, uh, again, this is free um, for members or with museum admission, or $7 general, $5 youth. Again, check their calendar um, for, but for, for when it's playing, but it's at 4 p.m., so you could see Lady and the Tramp at 1, and then um, Christmas with Walt at 4 so a nice afternoon at the film. The spotlight talks will continue throughout the month of December. Go check the little uh, sign by the front desk for what's going on. And those are every day except Tuesday. Uh, the little open studio for our little Mouseketeers. This actually sounds like a lot of fun. Animal portraits with pastels. So Cute. you can celebrate your favorite pets and animal friends. Create a portrait of your sassy feline or sophisticated pup using geometric shapes, bright oil pastels and markers. Um, the little Mouseketeers are encouraged to bring photos of their animal pals, but they must leave their pals at home. <laughs> so Aww. again, this is free with for members or with museum Admission, it's every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in December. For the older Mouseketeers, this is the open studio is four-legged walk cycles. And character walk cycles are key in portraying a character's personality, weight, and mood. Um, not all characters are people. And, and we've seen these in clips where it just shows the, um, uh, like maybe a rough sketch or pencil sketch of the, of the character just walking. And, um, so show, so you can show a personality of a four-legged creature by animating their individual walk based on their size, mood, and character traits. So you can learn how to do that there. And this is every Saturday and Sunday in December from 1 to 4 in the Learning Center. Um, Friday, December 4th is very special. And they are celebrating um, Walt's birthday. And yes, Mouseketeers, I know his birthday is actually December 5th, but there's <laughs> other stuff going on December 5th, and they are not going to make that day free. So anyway, so the museum is free on Friday, December 4th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So the Walt Disney Family Museum is commemorating the day with free admission to everyone on Friday. And um, so they're going to have also a number of special activities and events throughout the day that highlight Walt's life, work, and legacy. So definitely want to um, take advantage of that. 
on Saturday, December 5th from 10 a.m. to noon and then 2 to 4. This is the annual um, special signing of um, Lowell Smith um, creates these miniature trains. I think they're like N scale. Yes. Yeah, N scale reproductions. And um, he does a, a, a commemorative one for the Walt Disney Family Museum every year. He's done the Lily Bell. Um, you know, locomotive and um, coal car, and then and different box cars, things which usually commemorate either the museum or a different Disney film. So he's going to be selling them then, um, and it's another holiday box car at the museum store, and he'll be autographing them. And then the the, the museum store will carry a supply of them until they run out. And you can also meet Lowell Smith frequently at um, Walt's um, barn down at Griffith Park. So anyway, um, also on Saturday, December 5th is a talk um, at 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. on It's part of the Nine Old Men series. This one would be really interesting. It's stories from their children. And it's a two-hour presentation, features a screening of the documentary short Growing Up with the Nine Old Men, directed by Ted Thomas, who's the son of animator Frank Thomas. And then after the screening, Ted leads a discussion with other children of the nine who provide insight into the lives of their famous fathers. Now, I would this like to watch that. that. This would be really good. Actually, I have a ticket to it, but I'll be over in, in Diagon Alley that day. Um, but um, so I haven't decided what to do with the ticket. If somebody wants the ticket, send an email to michael at wdwinfo.com. <laughs> but um, anyway, so... The 4 p.m. show is sold out. They've added the 1 p.m. show on December 5th. So you can um, still buy tickets for that. So And check the museum for the various prices of the tickets. So, um, Sunday, December 6th, noon to 1 p.m. This is Stories on Stage. It's Folk Tales from Asia with, okay, I with apologies to our Asian listeners, as I pronounce this name, <laughs> Robert Kikuchi Ngojo. He's a master storyteller, and he's going to share imaginative folk tales and myths from Korea, Japan, China, Tibet, and other countries. Cool beats. And anyway, so it sounds really good. There's more of a description um, on the museum website about this. Uh, the, the museum continues its animation access program by screening Lady and the Tramp for Children with Autism and their families on Sunday, December 13th at 11 a.m. And the tickets are the standard price for films are free for members. Just to let you know about special holiday hours, if you're going to be visiting the museum then, December 24th, the museum will be open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So it's closing two hours early. It's closed on Christmas Day as well as every Tuesday. December 31st, holiday hours are 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So for more information and to purchase tickets, go to the museum's website at waltdisney.org, and we'll have a link in our show notes to their site. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Tony. Okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Is that <laughs> your, you mean you're in so far away, it's New Year's already there? Yes, it's I a am. Different, totally different time. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. It's, uh, so, I went with it. Okay. The Knott's Berry Farm is having their New Year's celebration, not tonight, but, um, or whenever you're listening, unless you're listening on New Year's, which means you're really behind on the podcast, but you know, you're binge listening. That's good. Anyways, they're, uh, what they're going to have is 
some great entertainment and all that good stuff. So it's the final moments of 2015 countdown, not Sky Cabin. We'll rise over 200 feet to the top of the K Tower as special light, light teen, not lightning effects, countdown to midnight. Uh, and then there'll be fireworks. Knott's Berry uh, Farm is open from 10 to 1 a- 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. And it's included with your regular daytime admission. Nice little extra there. You can also get a season pass if you wanted. But for New Year's Eve... For an especially good value. Yes, for an especially good value. uh, Which we've talked about before. But here's what the live entertainment that's going to be there. Jumpin' Jaws Band and Memory Swing Dancers. Reflex XX. Because there's two X's, not inappropriate X's. (laughs) uh, Is the best 80s new wave cover band around. Depeche Mode, Simple Minds, Trisha Fears, New Order, Aha, The Cure, Duran Duran, Flock of Seagulls, Devo, and more. DJ Howley's eclectic mix of high-energy music is in Calico Square. Great view of the Midnight Fireworks Spectacular. Family-friendly comedian Taylor Hughes It's going to be at the Boardwalk Ballroom. It's not complete without a delicious meal, though, and Knott's has the New Year's Eve Buffet and Spurs Restaurant, which will be served from 4 to 9 p.m., and prices are $34.99 for adults and $18.99 for kids. And then they'll also have the um, Merry, all the Christmas stuff with Merry Christmas Snoopy and the snow falling in Ghost Town, etc., etc. So if you want to check that out, if you go to knots.com, and I know Tom will put a link in the show notes, but it's another alternative for New Year's. Mm-hmm. And it's free if you're already going there that day. So Very cool. Thank you, Tony. I will go next and make Nancy go last. Uh, She's being punished. (laughs) Um, She's on timeout. How you think? What happens when you're not prepared for class? Mm -hmm. I was prepared. I was just hitting the buttons and I couldn't find the thingy. Mm -hmm. And the dog ate your homework. All right, Steakhouse Fifty Five has a few new menu items uh, for the fall slash winter. Some new cool new appetizers: a sea and land tartare. Featuring Ooh. spiced ahi tuna, charred, charred filet mignon, truffle aioli, truffle aioli, and a rye crouton. They also have a fried mushroom ravioli with grilled portobello mushroom, tomato concasse? that word makes sense? Concase, okay. And a slow poached egg. And they have a short rib shepherd's pie mm. with sweet, sweet potato, roasted root vegetables, and a mushroom ragu. And then they have a new seasonal entree, which is a maple glazed kurobuto pork chop. Kurobuto, yeah. That's what I said, only yeah. I said it slower. Uh, so some cool new menu items at, seasonal menu items at Steakhouse 55, and that was rapid. Uh, Nancy. Okay. Well, mine is going not to all the way to New Year's, but putting you back in that holiday mood... The Walt Disney Concert Hall, if you want something very, very special to do, um, in addition to your holiday, you know, at Disneyland, if you want to really, really do something special, um, weekends, especially in December, are going to be featuring all kinds of different programs. Um, Starting on Thursday, December 17th, um, this is part of their Deck the Hall series, is the Chanticleer Christmas on Friday, mm. December 18th. Now, um, it's featuring the medieval and renaissance um, group Chanticleer. So if that was... Um, you're going, what the heck is a Chanticleer Christmas? Um, 
the on the 18th these are 8 p.m unless otherwise um noted um the holiday organ spectacular now for those of you who have not heard us talk about the disney concert hall before one of the things they're known for is their amazing acoustics this is just a spectacular building and their incredible organ which is the showpiece, the pipes and everything, the way it's designed and it meshes in with the design of the concert hall is, is not to be missed. Um, and so they'll be having their organ spectacular. Um, now on Saturday, December 19th, now this is cool because they're having it twice. They're having it at 1130 AM and 2.30 in the afternoon is the holiday sing-along with special guest um, Melissa Peterman, and the host is David Prather, and the Angelus Chorale will be will be there, and you can sing along to all your holiday favorites. Um, the Camp Basie Orchestra is coming on Monday, December 21st for a swinging Christmas with special guest Carmen Bradford. Again on December 22nd is the White Christmas sing-along. Everybody who loves that movie... White Christmas is it. Um, now on Wednesday, December 23rd is the Soweto Gospel Choir. And then they take a little break. Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. And again at 10.30 p.m. New Year's Eve with Gladys Knight. Nice. Wow. How awesome is that for a concert series? So that fake, is... And some fake pips. <laughs> I think she's pipless these days, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Tom, you pipless wonder. <laughs> okay, and all of that can be found at LAPhil.com, and you can do a search for their Deck the Hall series. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find any other great concerts, I mean, December's chock full of other really fun programs, too, and some excellent um, classical performances as well. So, um, Remind with the full symphony... Remind folks where the concert hall the, is. The Walt Disney Concert Hall is right in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Um, it's actually, if you think of yourself in the soaring flyby, you can, uh, <laughs> that puts you down right down the 110 freeway. Um, you would take the 5 North. You would take the 5 North. Um, and then you would, um, shoot onto the, t um, shoot onto the 10 freeway. Um, just, just which right is a right there. exit, which is a right exit. You take the 10 freeway to the 110 freeway and go north on the 110 freeway. And I believe you get off at 8th, at 8th Street. There's signs for the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Yes, there are definitely signs for the Walt Disney Concert Hall. It is a beautiful building, um, designed by, um, an architect. One of, hmm? An architect? A, a famous architect who's worked with Disney. There you go. <laughs> and who's sat on the board of directors. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't remember his name. Well, it's I not, was trying to help it's you. A, but... It's a Frank Graves building. No, and not Michael Graves building. Um, it's a Frank... Frank Geary. <laughs> You're making that up. Geary. Geary's the architect. I think Andrew is Sutton's the architect, actually. I think Andrew Sutton's the architect. <laughs> no, Geary is the architect. Okay. G-H-E-A-R-Y. It's either that or the Patina Group. One of the two. Yes. <laughs> Actually,
actually, the they, Patina they, Group has the restaurant in the building next to it, or at least used to. Uh, there's actually a restaurant space in the Walt Disney in the Walt Disney Concert Hall, and that was a Patina Group restaurant. Of course, it was. Uh-huh. So there you go. There you go. Anyway. And it's right next to the heart of... See, you have to actually park in the Walt Disney Concert Hall building whenever you're set for jury duty in Los Angeles. Nice. That's their their free parking for jurors. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and they also offer free walking tours. So if you're going to do something like, you know, an evening performance, maybe Mm -hmm. go downtown a little early and take a... a, They have little audio audio headsets you can rent, and you can do a walking... An audio headset walking tour of the building. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Nancy. All right. Anything else? Again, we will... Post what's going to happen with the live show next week. Otherwise, should be should be a normal week um, with segments going up. Uh, that is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>